electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi there. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, a washout on Wall Street. Coming off the worst trading day since 1987. If you wonder what happened back in 1987, oh yeah, Black Monday. A retail route and a Nasdaq plummet. And the first to fall, Target. CEO Brian Cornell on his company's rough quarter and retail's bumpy road ahead. Freight transportation, a change in mix, and then the increased complexity in supply chain have added, obviously, pressure to our operating income. The aftermath of that report and other retail reports with big box watcher Jen Niffen. They all got it wrong, and it's just because the cost came so fast from so many different directions. There was really no way to adjust the pricing policies. How a COVID recovery prompted a miscalibration with analyst Anish Sherman. People are buying different things than they were a year ago, and some of these retailers miscalibrated demand and stocked up on a lot of the wrong stuff. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022, and Squawk Pod begins right after this. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Becky. Up on Becky. Q. Yesterday, the losses really started with that drop that we saw in shares of Target after the company came out with its earnings that were far below expectations, far below the company's own expectations, too. They got hit in a big way by inflation, higher cost across the structure. We're not able to pass those higher costs on to their consumers. And as a result, that stock was down by about 27 percent yesterday. It's down once again this morning, a decline of almost 2 percent. These were the worst declines. Target's yesterday decline was the worst it's seen since 1987. Walmart the day before down a 11% was the worst that that stock had seen down since 1987. If you wonder what happened back in 1987, 
Oh, yeah, Black Monday. So the worst declines that those two stocks have seen since Black Monday. And this issue of inflation is not going away. If you think things are getting better, well, the AAA national average for a gallon of gasoline is now at an all-time high once again, $4.59 a gallon. And by the way, it's over $5 in many parts of the country. It's over $4 in every state in the nation. Um, so this just tells you of what is continuing to come and the pressure that, that we're still facing. What's your guess on the, the high in gas prices in July? Does it, is here. it a buy the rumor sell? Maybe, maybe I, we get... I don't think so, because is this it is Euro, a refinery issue on top of will the we, oil Are we going to start doing it in liters? How, will it be Euro-style $7 a gallon? I, I, don't, I would not say that, but I do think it'll be higher than where it is right now. I don't think we've seen the last high. The VIX is not cooperating, Andrew. It's just not scary enough. Uh, we're back to 3,900, basically. That was a, a week ago. Those are kind of the lows. On the S&P, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Maybe when you say would, not cooperating, what do you mean not cooperating? I mean, we need a it lot more fear than enough. 32. Right. We need a lot more fear than 32. Oh, to flush things to out. To flush things out. Oh. Right. It's not we need a lot 100%. More but then again, but this, that's, he, here's some of the articles My fear is this drags on for, and it, for, and a, for, yeah, for and a long it stays period at 30, of time. And we go down another 10% and it stays... Why? But then again, we feel pretty bad, and the Dow's, Dow and S&P aren't even in, haven't even had bear markets yet. No, but the Nasdaq uh, down. Then that, that hopefully that represents. Yeah. Now Scott Minard, we've had him on a lot. There's been time, I, you know, everybody's right sometimes, wrong other times. He's been too too negative many times in the past. You saw this. Uh, the Nasdaq, <laughs> the Nasdaq could plunge 75 percent from its peak. The S&P 45 from its top. Why? Because just continued inflation and stagflation rates. Stagflation and a you know yep. a, a serious uh, bout of stagflation, not something that supply chain issues just go away and suddenly we're we You know what I heard yesterday? I thought was really interesting. Someone said, "I think valuations are getting sort of back to normal. We're almost at the valuations of the pr from before the pandemic." It's like. But so the pandemic right. takes us to so unbelievable value. Yes, why? that's what's happened. These are the biggest declines we've of, seen since June of 2020. No, I know, but, so but why did we get all overvalued during a pandemic? Because there was a lot of money that was right. sent into the system, whether that be from but the central bank that's or whether not that what be we from the authorities. Some people thought that, that we were overvalued before the pandemic. I know. That's true. Clearly, Wednesday was a rough market day. The Dow Jones Industrial Average suffered its worst day in two years, falling 1,100 points in a single session. The S&P 500, same deal, worst day since 2020. The Nasdaq dropped 4.7% in a single day. And today, we're on the brink of a bear market. So what happened? In part, the sell-off was driven by two back-to-back pretty bad earnings reports from retailers. First Walmart, and then Target. Let's start with Walmart, which was first. On Tuesday, the big box store reported a miss on earnings expectations and cited cost pressures, i.e. inflation, and inventory issues. That stock fell about 18% between Tuesday and Wednesday, eventually hitting a 52-week low. Target, the next day, Wednesday, reported a similar miss on profit expectations and fell 24% in the hours that followed the release. Two retailers, two misses, two big declines, same story, right? Well, no. Inflation is hitting both businesses, sure, and 
Yes, both might have miscalculated consumer demand, but the picture of the American consumer, the reason we care so much about retail earnings in the first place, was different between companies. Walmart, on its part, noticed consumers who were trading name brand deli meats for generic and buying a half gallon of milk instead of a gallon as inflation pressures hit their wallets. Target saw different spending habits, a consumer ready to travel buying luggage, ready to celebrate buying supplies for birthday parties. Target CEO Brian Cornell joined our TV broadcast just minutes after his lackluster results came out, before everything fell apart. Here's Becky. Target missing the mark as costs rise for the retailer. The company reporting an adjusted $2.19 a share compared to the $3.07 the street was expecting. First quarter comps were up by 3.3%. That was much better than expected, and traffic was up by 4%. Joining us right now is Target CEO Brian Cornell. And Brian, this has obviously been a pretty difficult quarter. What, what happened? Well, first of all, Becky, I appreciate being here um, during a difficult report. Right. But it's a chance to talk about kind of our business and where things stand. And I frame it by really looking at kind of the front of the house of our business and then the back of the house. And if I think about the front of the house, the consumer gets facing component, you know, we saw really strong comps, over 3% on top of 23% last year. And importantly, it was driven by traffic. Traffic up 4% on top of 17% last year. Guests are shopping our stores. They're enjoying our services. They're using drive up. But clearly, the challenge for us in this quarter was the back of house. From a freight and transportation standpoint, things have changed significantly from even 13 weeks ago. We did not project, I did not project the kind of significant increases we would see in freight and transportation costs. And you've been talking about it on CNBC almost every day. I think yet again this morning, you talked about all-time record fuel and diesel costs. Right now, we project that's going to hit us about a billion dollars of incremental costs in this fiscal year. So a significant increase that we didn't anticipate. The other change is in our category mix. While our comps grew by 3.3%, pretty balanced between digital and stores, we added another billion dollars in incremental growth in the quarter. The mix of the categories looked very different than we expected. We saw great strength in food and beverage and household essentials. Our beauty business grew by double digits but we started to see some softening in some of the discretionary categories, including those big bulky categories, TVs, kitchen appliances, bikes, as the consumer started to shop differently. And I'll, I'll come back and talk about what we're seeing from a trend standpoint. That certainly impacted our mix and our margin mix, but it's also added complexity in our supply chain. Mm -hmm. Those big bulky items are now in our supply chain, not moving at the rate we expected, we had inventory that we would have liked to have had last year that arrived late. And we pulled certain inventories up early to make sure we're ready for the back to school and back to college season. So that's added additional complexity and cost in our supply chain. And we did not anticipate that kind of change as we were sitting here 13 weeks ago. So, so we own it, but freight transportation, a change in mix, and then the increased complexity in supply chain have added, obviously, pressure to our operating income. If, if those things were not anticipated 13 weeks ago, what are, what are you seeing now um, for the month of May? Is the consumer yeah. rolling over at all? Are any of these situations improving? How do you get your arms around it? Yeah. Becky, thinking about the consumer right now, one, we've seen May off to a very strong start. Um, American families celebrated Mother's Day. 
Uh, we saw record sales and fresh flowers and plants and things like champagne and gifting. Mom was recognized. And I really want to go back to some of those trend changes we've seen. It's a shopping change in how they're spending their dollars, but we're still seeing strong traffic and we're still seeing growth. A year ago, during the pandemic, we were buying lots of TVs for our homes. As many Americans for really the last two years have been working and educating their families from home. Right. Well, they're shifting from buying TVs to right. buying luggage. Right. And our luggage business was up over 50%. They're, they're traveling again. They were, so, they were buying TVs when there was something to watch on Netflix, yeah. Brian. Unfortunately, yeah. Netflix has its own problem because there's nothing. No, that's, yeah. that's not your fault. Could you have, and I'm wondering when you're thinking about profitability versus maintaining market share, could you have raised prices? What would have happened? If you raise prices to soften the, the margin hit that you were taking because of all the, uh, the increased expenses, would you have, did you feel at the time if you raised prices uh, that you would have lost customers? They would have, they would have resisted. There is, I mean, it must be very difficult yeah. to, to, to set prices. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, do you, when you hear all the rhetoric out of Washington, Gouger, 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 gouger. Was that in the back of your mind that, that when, when they blame all the inflation on greedy U.S. corporations, is that in the back of your mind? I can't raise prices to, to, to maintain my own margins because of this? Joe, it's been in the back of my mind is one, taking care of those guests and those families that depend on us for value and affordability each and every day. And certainly during a time of inflation, that's more important than ever. And taking care of our teams. So, you know, we've been really focused on making sure we surgically and selectively pass on some costs where we can, but we've got to make sure right now we provide value for that consumer who is, again, still shopping in our stores and still using our site. So it's a balance. So you won't do it this quarter either. You won't get, uh, you won't get prices more in line with your costs yeah. this quarter either? Just as We're still going to have some of the same challenges in the second quarter. We certainly expect those to moderate over the balance of the year as we rebalance our inventories and look at opportunities to improve efficiency, but we're going to continue to stay focused on protecting the consumer and those guests who shop our stores, provide them great value because they are still shopping our stores. Yep. And we're seeing great resilience with the consumer. You know, I talked about TVs being exchanged for luggage. You know, those small appliances that were you know, in everyone's shopping basket over the last couple of years, you know, those are being replaced by consumers who are shopping for more toys. Because Becky, right now, they're going to birthday parties for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah. So they're still spending. It's a consumer who comes to Target to shop all of our categories. Yeah. But we're seeing a shift in what they shop and how they're shopping right now. The change in consumer trends, is that a bigger problem from the perspective that it's lower margin items that they're buying? Or is it more an issue of just trying to keep up with these changing shifts and make sure you have the right stuff in store and you wind up with excess inventory because you're still buying stuff that they were buying you know, four months ago? Yeah. It's a combination of both. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's some mixed shifts as we see food and beverage accelerate or household essentials and a decline in some of those discretionary categories like TVs and appliances. But we're also sitting here today recognizing we've got big, bulky inventory. You know, TVs take up a lot of space in our warehouses, small appliances, bikes that are not selling the way they did. So we've had some supply chain challenges we've got to work through. But I also want to make sure it's really clear, even in categories like toys, in small appliances, in bikes, our sales are actually ahead this quarter versus where they were in 2019 pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's not like 
consumers are not buying TVs, they're not buying small appliances, they're not buying bikes for their kids. It's just comparing it versus the pandemic surge that we saw in those categories that were so important to the consumer during the pandemic. They're still shopping, but they've started to spend dollars differently. I mean, that's a big question. And one of the things people are looking through your results, Walmart's results, Home Depot and Lowe's results, is to try and find out what is happening with the consumer. We hear all the time that a recession could be coming. You would probably be one of the very first to see it if it started to impact the consumer. Have you seen anything on that sign now? Walmart talked yesterday about how some shoppers were trading down from national brands, premium brands to house brands. Have you seen that? Becky, in the first quarter, we didn't see that. Obviously, we saw very strong traffic mm -hmm. and strong comps across our entire business. And May is off to a really solid start. Um, good traffic, strong comps. I talked about Mother's Day. I would expect Memorial Day to be a big holiday season. So as I sit here today, I'm not seeing any sign of a consumer slowdown. You I can't project out six months from now, but just what we're seeing today and what we saw in the first quarter, it's still a consumer who's out shopping and enjoying getting back to normal life. You have a lot of stakeholders. We hear about, you know, that's the buzzword in, in recent years. Uh, one of your stakeholders are shareholders. So shareholders probably rightly would, you know, you had 46 points today, but would rightly say, maybe you need to think about profitability in addition to uh, taking care of your customers with, with those low prices. And, and the reason I'm, I'm returning to this is because if you do decide to raise prices to maintain not full profitability, but get back closer to where you were, then we need to factor that into everybody doing it and what the PPI or what the CPI looks like over the next three months for Jay Powell and company. How much did you raise prices last, last quarter overall? Yeah. I mean, our Prices at retail increased less than our costs, but we did take Obviously. some price increases. Right. But Joe, to be really clear, we're always focused on balancing what's right for the consumer and our guest, what's right for our team, and what's right for our shareholders. Would you raise them more next quarter? Well, we're going to certainly do everything we can to find greater efficiency and improve our overall profitability. To work and on both And there's things sides, we've right? got to do behind the house. So, you know, in our guidance, we said expect the second quarter to look a lot like the first quarter within marginal improvement in the back half of the year. And then we're committed to our long-term algorithm of getting back to mid-single-digit top-line growth, mid-single-digit operating income growth, and then high single-digit EPS. We'll continue to spend capital in our business to make sure you know, we're positioned for long-term success. But we always balance what's right for the guests and our consumer, what's right to take care of our team, and then what's right for our shareholders. And I've seen, Joe, it's, I'm going in my ninth year in this job. Yep. We've had to invest before in taking care of the guests and it taking care off, of our team, yeah. it always pays back over time. Do you feel confident that the Fed and j Powell can orchestrate a soft landing and actually get inflation under control? Because it obviously makes a big difference for yeah. your business. Joe, I'll leave that to other people to opine on. What we've got to be prepared for is just to be agile and adjust to a changing consumer and economic environment. So we've got a business model that performs well in a number of different environments. We'll have to make sure we're agile and flex based on consumer needs and trends. So would I hope for a soft landing? Absolutely. And I hope everything that you know, Chairman Powell is doing really works well over the balance of the year and into 2023. But we've got to be agile and make sure we can adjust to any economic environment. Do you think that any type of foreshadowing, should, should you have told uh, or indicated through body language that things were not going to be up, up to speed. Should it, Walmart, same question for, uh, you can't answer for Walmart. Yeah. 
But three months from now, could, could the street be surprised or, or would you maybe indicate mid-quarter that things aren't, aren't proceeding as planned? Joe, I'll sit here today. 13 weeks ago, we had a very different outlook for the year. <clears throat> and I'll take complete accountability for the fact we didn't project properly the rising cost of transportation and freight. We didn't call the billion dollars back then. Things moved pretty rapidly. We didn't expect the mix shift. We were certainly looking at consumers getting back to normal and some changes in lifestyle and impact of stimulus. We didn't expect to see right. this kind of mix shift. And we certainly didn't project the impact on our supply chain. So we own that, I own that, we're working to turn that around. We're confident we will. We've got a very durable business model. We've got a great team and capabilities, but I'll take full accountability for the fact that we missed some of these factors and that's on us to improve over time, starting with the second quarter and the back half of the year, but certainly as we go into 2023. Brian, I want to thank you for coming on. You've yeah. come on on good days. You've come on, on on tough days, and we do appreciate your explaining this. Last quick question I'll ask you. If it were things like freight costs that were going up, how far out can you see uh, measure something like that? Is that something you see for six weeks out, for something you can see for a couple of months? Yeah. Well, I think we all saw this change really quickly. And you know, again, we were sitting here 13 weeks ago. It was the early days of the Russia-Ukraine war. Right. And things moved very quickly. And I hope we'll see some modification over time. But you know, it's very hard for us at times to project all of these different variables. And we do our very best, but we've got to stay close to the consumer, stay close to our team, do the right things for our business over time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen time and time again, when we take care of the guests and take care of consumers, when we take care of our team, our shareholders are rewarded. Would, would you ever weigh in on whether we should spend any more money fiscally? Should we? <laughs> we, we spent quite a bit. Do you think that had something to do with, with, with what we're yeah. dealing with now? And should we maybe take a step back and, uh, and, and try and um, you know, look back a year yeah. from now about whether we do build back whatever it's called? Joe, I spend a lot of time looking back, but right now we've got to look forward <laughs> okay. and really think about I'll what we do next I'd to navigate through I'd this. I'd give it a shot. Yeah. Anyway, thanks. thanks. Brian, just thank want to you. thank you again for coming on, even when times are tough, yep. and for answering all these questions. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you. After that interview, as I mentioned, Target stock fell nearly 25% in a single day, and more pain for the rest of the market was still to come. So it wasn't a pretty picture, but up next on Squawk Pod, we're diving into the aftermath. Rough as it was, retail watcher Jan Niffen says it's not forever. The inflation, I think that's probably the rest of this year and into the first quarter before they sort all that out. But they'll get their inventory sorted out over the next quarter. And analyst Anisha Sherman says it's not everywhere. On the other side, when you look at apparel and accessories companies, fashion companies, they're doing great. Nike, Coach, Adidas. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. 
To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Welcome back to Squawk Pod, where we're breaking down an awful market day, highlighting a route in retail. Our hosts, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Becky. Target fell more than 20% yesterday after its disappointing earnings, and the CEO, Brian Cornell, talked to us about what went wrong. The challenge for us in this quarter was the back of house. From a freight and transportation standpoint, things have changed significantly from even 13 weeks ago. We did not project, I did not project the kind of significant increases we would see in freight and transportation costs. For more on the retail sector, let's bring in Jan Niffen, who is the CEO of J. Rogers Niffen WWE, and Anisha Sherman, who's senior analyst covering apparel and specialty retail at Bernstein. And, and Jan, let's just start with what we heard from the big box retailers over the last couple of days. Target and Walmart both kind of getting caught flat-footed here, not just with the increases that they saw in pricing for freight and for, for anything related to transportation costs, but also just having the wrong mix, uh, too much inventory in the wrong areas. That is really, really unusual to see those two get caught in a trap like that. And I, I just wonder what happened. What do you think? Well, Becky, you know, I was the treasurer of an S&P 500 company in 87, and it seemed a lot scarier than this one seems. <laughs> but I will say that what I saw with Amazon, Walmart, and Target was surprising from the point of view of the way they handled it. One would have thought they might have done a better job because they wound up with way too much inventory at the wrong time, and they didn't mark it up enough to cover the cost structure. That was either bad planning or really bad luck. And I'm going with really bad luck because these are two of the greatest retailers in the world, just like Amazon is the greatest market platform in the world. They all got it wrong. And it's just because the cost came so fast from so many different directions. There was no, there was really no way to adjust the pricing policies to get them where they wanted to be. And the problem with the supply was, I mean, it's still COVID. It's just a snap back from the other side of COVID. So I'm, saying this is a one quarter problem mostly, and it's a two quarter problem for parts of it. And then the last part, which is the inflation, that's whatever it happens to be. I think that's probably the rest of this year and into the first quarter before they sort all that out. But they'll get their inventories sorted out over the next quarter, and they'll also get their pricing policies adjusted in two quarters. Yeah, Jan, that's what that's what I wonder with this. Is this just a case where, look, we're seeing a slower supply chain, a lot of things that make it so that they can't react as quickly and a customer that actually is changing more rapidly than just about anybody's ever seen? It's exactly what's happening. I mean, I ran a business in 79, 80, 81 as well. We went through double digit inflation. Nobody has seen it since then. And how you handle it is all through your organization. You can't just say, okay, we're gonna throw a switch and adjust for 10% inflation, which is probably what we're seeing, not eight and a half. If Walmart and Target had just raised their prices as much as their costs, we'd have seen another couple of points of inflation in the system. It's just so fast. Is that what we can anticipate from here? Another couple of points of inflation moving in as these companies adjust to the inflation costs that they're seeing? 
I've assumed that we would get to double-digit inflation. The highest number I've heard anybody actually report so far, government-wise, is eight and a half. I think we're probably running at the double-digit rate, and I think we'll roll over and come down from here. And I think that things will normalize, but it's not going to be over the course of a few months. The inflationary component can't normalize less than a year to 18 months. And as it comes down, things will get better, and all the companies will get smarter in handling it. And two of the smartest in the world are Walmart and Target. And they'll, they'll get it figured out, and they'll fix what's happening here. But it won't solve the inflation problem. It will solve Walmart and Target's problems. And when we come to the back end of this, the watch, Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, and Home Depot will still be the greatest companies in the world, and they'll still be performing the best, but they've got to get to the other side of this mountain we're climbing. Anisha, there are already a lot of people who are looking at the the results this week and saying, "Uh uh-oh, the consumer is already getting hit hard by a recession. We're already in a recession. You, You don't think that's the case, at least not based on what you've seen in the retailers you cover. No, I don't. I think there's a bifurcation of demand because we're spending in different ways than we were a year ago. A year ago, we were spending a lot more time and money in our homes. And now we're going out, we're going back to the office, we're going to weddings and vacations. And so our spend habits are shifting and you see that in the results. I mean, when you look at where Target and Walmart have to do a lot of write downs and markdowns and take a gross margin hit, it was on categories like housewares and basic apparel and and outdoor furnishings. Whereas on the other side, when you look at um, apparel and accessories companies, fashion companies, they're doing great. Nike, Coach, Adidas, um, you know, TJX yesterday reported a positive comp on the fashion apparel business. Um, People are buying different things than they were a year ago. And some of these retailers miscalibrated demand and stocked up on a lot of the wrong stuff. And so you saw the impact of that in terms of the gross margin, in terms of markdowns, as well as inventory write-downs this quarter. If Jan's right, and if we are looking at inflation rising to double digits, that has to pinch the consumer at some point. When, when would you anticipate that catching up? Yeah. So this has been a debate going into the quarter, and it hasn't been as bad as we thought it would be in terms of the impact on the consumer. And the reason is there's a stratification. And we heard this from off-price. We heard it from value retail. We've even heard it from fast food and QSR, that there is a difference in how the more affluent consumers and mainstream consumers are spending versus lower-income consumers. So when you look at the aggregate, demand is still healthy, but we are seeing more pressure on the lower end of the spectrum even coming into this quarter. Um, and you know, when we go into the back half of the year and we start comping against high inflation levels, so the year-over-year inflation impact is not as extreme, we may see that moderate. But for now, that's what we're seeing. Anisha Jan, thank you. This is a fast-moving picture, and uh, we really appreciate your insights. We'll have to have you both back. That does it for Squawk Pod today. Thanks for sticking with us through the market's twists and turns. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. For our team's expertise and wisdom from the biggest names in business when the markets go haywire like they did this week, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts and follow along with all our content on Twitter at Squawk CNBC. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.